May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. So the scripture is from Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Jesus left there and departed for the district of Tyre and Sidon. It happened that a Canaanite woman living in that area came and cried out to Jesus, heir to the house of David, have pity on me. My daughter is horribly demon-possessed. Jesus gave her no word of response. The disciples came up and repeatedly said to him, please get rid of her. She keeps calling after us. And finally, Jesus turned to the woman and said, my mission is only to the lost sheep of Israel. She then prostrated herself before him with the plea, help me, Rabbi. He answered, but it isn't right to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. True, Rabbi, she replied but even the dogs get to eat the scraps that fall from the table. And Jesus then said in reply, woman, you have great faith. Your wish will come to pass. At that very moment, her daughter was healed. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we ask for your guidance and your direction as we pull our hearts and minds into your word. So may the words of my mouth find a place of acceptance, and may the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What would you go to the mat for? What would you walk a hundred miles for? What are the things that you would find yourself in a circumstance or a situation that would cause you to approach the Son of God? What would it take? Remember that God is not an ATM machine, and we don't get to slide in our card and punch in our pen and get our prayers answered. But think for a moment, because my hunch is everybody in this sanctuary, at some moment or hard point in their lives, you probably physically dropped to your knees, or you raised your arms, or you collapsed into that fetal position to ask God to hear you. That's what's going on in today's gospel. Oh God, hear my prayer. Oh God, hear my prayer. Answer me when I call. Zetaze. Hymn prayer goes. So this gospel does not describe, there's not a husband or a man in this gospel scene, but we don't really know. All we get is the story of a woman who is... Uh, approaching, and she has a very ill child, a daughter. Can you imagine the conditions that that child must have been in? 
in which the parent would approach someone who has a reputation, a reputation of being a miracle worker, a healer, and perhaps even the long-awaited savior. It was a pretty bold stance for her. And this is precisely why the woman approaches Jesus. And Jesus is traveling on a way, I'm looking at the text here, it says, uh, appreciated Alice's reading of this, in, he departed for the district of Tyre and Sidon. This is also in the same gospel stories in Mark. And she is a Canaanite woman, and in Mark she's named as a Syrophoenician woman. But it means that Jesus has gone outside of his territory. He is not in the familiar land. And he's traveling outside his regular culture. And the Canaanite woman approaches. There are a couple of uh, places throughout the, the scriptures where this happens, where the disciples insinuate there's nothing here for you to see, lady, woman. It's almost like they flick her off. It's not the way I like to think about disciples, kind of pushing her away. Nothing to see. Move along. And yet that critically ill child that the woman cares about brings her into a fierce capacity. We might even call her, she's a bit like a mama bear. There's a great PBS show about this. Mama bears, there's something fierce that wells up into her. Now, Jesus doesn't at first respond to her. And this is one of those ones that makes me shake my head. She's approaching you. And he's kind of get this sense. Again, another brush off. And he actually says, hey, I didn't come here to help people like you. I don't like that. I don't like that sense that that might be part of the narrative. So there's a few other times in the Gospels where my head shakes, and I wonder what's, what's going on there. But the refute doesn't stop her. She has that tenacity. She verbally acknowledges him. So in here, there's some very formal language. She says, you are from the house of David, depending on which translation you look at. House of David. What she's doing is she's acknowledging that Jesus is from a royal family. Now, sometimes we get a little, maybe not as comfortable with sovereign language about God, but she's really trying here to come to him with an approach that she's going to get the answer that she wants. And so one of the ways she does that is she's acknowledging, you are from an heir, the, our text here says an heir from the, the house of David. And then she goes on, hey, even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs that the children and the master has dropped, right? Um, when you think about this, I mean, it's really quite amazing that she comes back. She doesn't accept the answer. She comes back at him another time. And so think for a minute. Who in that uh, narrative do you, do you relate to? Do you relate to the protective disciples, like, whoa, wait a second. We don't want any riffraff around here. We're taking up the time. Or are you more like the imploring mother? Or maybe some days I might be like the, the child or the guest at the table that carelessly knocks the food to the floor and the dogs get to lap it up. 
This Canaanite woman is not the same religion, and she is not the same race as Jesus. And so, if you read the Eblast, there's this Finnish term called sisu. It means guts, courage, persistence, and that's what she has. In the end, she doesn't fit with the norms or the expectations of that time. She approaches because she is in need. Jesus himself sees her as a humble person. He recognizes her faith, and he, in that moment, the child is made well. There are two times in the scriptures where a Gentile approaches Jesus, and from far away, he heals him. That The sick child, and remember, it's also the centurion whose son is, is, is sick. And so Jesus does this from a distance, brings health and healing. Some commentators will talk about this passage. When we think about Jesus as being both divine and human, this is what's happening in this text. He has divinity. He has all of that God power. But in this moment, he's very human and has to experience kind of the dissonance of this. And so he says, I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. But in this moment, we get a sense that his care expands out. Care goes beyond what he thought was his initial mission. In this interaction, we see the foundation of the church starting to forever change. The disciples witness Jesus moving from, I'm here just to take care of the lost sheep of Israel, the Jews, to a much broader global connection. Jesus moves out of just that region to a wide region. So Jesus witnessed this. And when Matthew wrote this text, or the ones that we call Matthew's writers, they are bringing that message too, that Jesus' mission and purpose was far greater. And so the love of God, the message of Jesus, is a model of inclusion. Not people just like me. Not people who are just familiar to me and I know their ways. Not just those people get miracles to happen in their lives. The love of God, the gifts of grace and mercy are boundless. That's what's happening here. Jesus' love is poured out generously, widely, and freely to all who humbly call on the name of God. And we say, thanks be to God. Amen. I should have said, warned you. This is a two-part. This is a two-part sermon. The second part is that we are all disciples. Um, you all are part of the faithful that have been here so regularly this summer. It's just been such a blessing to have such a consistent and regular congregation. 
We are Pastor Norris back in the corner back there, and we are getting ready for September 10th, which is our return of families from the lake. The campgrounds closed down, the kids have to go back to school, and so guess what? We get to be the disciples of hospitality. Now, I could do this on a, on a way that says, we just want to make sure that when all those families come back, we are super gracious to them. So I have asked the session, I have asked the deacons to really take a step forward that when we have these young families come back and the kids, that we're really assertive. <laughs> and um, Pastor Norton said, please don't make me do a role, role play. But I really, uh, and I asked, he's not here, I'm sure he didn't, Cliff didn't want to be in on it either. Uh, Kenton was here like, let's pass the peace and shake hands and touch people. and. But really, that's what we want to do. I don't know you all well enough, but I have been around Presbyterians a long, long time in my life. And sometimes when little kids make noise in church, sometimes when little kids make noise in church, we have this instinct to spin our head and see what's going on behind us. You can do that, but do it with a big smile on your face or a cute little gesture or something so that when we're looking at children and kids who are squawky and squeaky, we make them feel welcome. Right. And if you don't know somebody's name who shows up September 10th, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Pastor Ann. I started coming here on Memorial Day. You know, give them a few tips about yourself so that we can invite in our folks. And I think Pastor Nora, the next two weeks, will continue that message as we prepare for September 10th on the deacon session members. But really, I'm inviting all of you to be the disciples because we don't want to have anybody who's walking on the, along the road, needing the community of God to have any kind of message of, you're not important, I don't know you, why are you here? We just want to bring them in and hold them in as tight as we can. So that's part two of the sermon. Thanks be to God. There's a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota. St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.